Welcome to 1869, the Cornell University Press podcast. I'm Jonathan Hall. This episode, we welcome two guests, Suzanne Gordon and Jasper Craven. Suzanne Gordon is co-editor of the Cornell University Press series, The Culture and Politics of Healthcare Work, and is the author or co-author of 12 books from Cornell, including Nursing Against the Odds, Beyond the Checklist, The Battle for Veterans Healthcare, and the forthcoming book, Wounds of War, How the VA Delivers Health, Healing, and Hope to the Nation's Veterans. Jasper Craven is a freelance reporter interested in overlooked policy changes at the local, state, and federal levels. He has written for The Nation, Vermont Digger, The Boston Globe, and The Chicago Tribune, among other outlets. We spoke to Suzanne and Jasper about specific things journalists who cover the VA health system can do to get the story right. Hello, Suzanne and Jasper. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us, Jonathan. Good to be here. Well, we're really excited to have you on the podcast. Um, really excited to see the article that you just wrote um, in the Washington Monthly called Unhealthy Skepticism. And it's a, it's a look at the VA. And the VA is America's largest integrated healthcare system. Everyone's heard about it. And what they may not know is that after two decades of studies, it has shown that the VA, a government-owned and operated system that is the country's only true example of socialized medicine, consistently outperforms the private sector, consistently. And yet, month after month, we continue to see in the media, from Fox News, which you might expect that, but to the mainstream media, the liberal news media, MSNBC, New York Times, Boston Globe, USA Today, NPR, story after story describing the VA as a complete train wreck. I just saw an article just a week ago with a, with a, in that same vein. Your story in the Washington Monthly helps blow up that myth, dispels the myth that the VA is this really problematic institution. If we could have all the journalists who cover the VA listen to this podcast, listen to this short discussion we're going to have, what would you say to them? Well, I think what we would say first is that as, as their obligation is to inform the public, their obligation is to give to the VA the same kind of scrutiny they give to private sector healthcare institutions. Um, and they don't do that with the VA. They cover almost only the negative with occasional reports on the positive. And so, for example, it's the obligation of a journalist to uncover negative stories, but if they're problematic occurrences, but they need to also have balanced coverage. In other words, the way journalists cover um, the Cleveland Clinic or Stanford or, or Harvard or the Mass General, they cover it they report problems, but they also report successes. They report on studies that document successes. They don't do that with the VA. They report on the negative. You, you've never seen in, in New York Times or USA Today studies that show that they don't report on the, the myriad studies, the reams of studies that document the fact that the VA, that Veterans Health Administration delivers care that's equal to or superior to the private sector. 
I also see, you know, the role of a journalist, an investigative journalist, a good investigative journalist as finding a systemic problem with an institution, documenting that systemic problem, and then finding some anecdotes to really sort of demonstrate that problem. So that is a good, uh, you know, way to sort of plot out a story like this. What often happens at the VA is a reporter will find an anecdotal problem and then extrapolate to say that this is a systemic problem when in fact it's not. Exactly. I mean, for example, um, Dave Phillips at the New York Times uh, investigated a problem in a tiny rural hospital in Oregon, a problem which I would argue he didn't understand and report very accurately, but he, this was a critical access hospital. This is a tiny little hospital. And he used this tiny little hospital to somehow tarnish the entire Veterans Health Administration, which has 1,700 facilities of care. Now, you know, a reporter wouldn't uh, tarnish, use a, there's these very large healthcare systems, the Mayo Clinic, Kaiser, Permanente, et cetera. They will report on systems of care of problems in these, uh, in, a, in a small clinic or hospital or whatever that's part of a, a larger healthcare system. There is, by the way, no system as large as the Veterans Health Administration. But they don't use that to tarnish the entire uh, system. And people don't look at the reporting and say, oh, my God, the whole VA is awful or the whole Cleveland Clinic is awful. And then, of course, they also report on the good things these systems do, and that's very rare. So it's a very unbalanced coverage. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. I mean, looking reading your article, it's – one of the frustrating things is that the VA has done so many positive things that are being underreported, but also because that the VA doesn't have their, their, their PR act together, that they don't have a million dollar advertising budget um, that these other private institutions have. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, the VA uh, actually launched its first ad campaign in like 2006. And... Uh, it got a couple million dollars to do outreach efforts to sort of, you know, try to burnish the brand of the VA, tell vets about who are coming back from Iraq, sort of where they could go and what treatments they could seek. And that uh, allocation of money was pilloried in Congress as, you know, an example of total waste. And, and they were, you know, criticized on a bipartisan basis. And since then, there really hasn't been any money allocated for the VA to defend itself, to, to launch an, an ad campaign uh, to try to bring veterans in and to try to sort of uh, rehabilitate the image after the 2014 VA Phoenix scandal, which included a lot of misinformation. So, um, you know, the VA for a long time hasn't really had to do much to sort of keep a good reputation with the people. It, it was one of the most popular federal agencies in government up until this 2014 Phoenix scandal. Um, but since then, if you look at sort of Google Analytics and what people are searching online about the VA, it's often, uh, off, they're often brought to sort of the VA coverage first. And that, that has really permanently, uh, you know, damaged the, the credibility of the agency. 
And if you look at, for example, the, the fact that Congress pilloried the VA for spending, what was it, $2 million or something on an ad campaign, this is the largest healthcare system in the United States. Um, I mean, if the VA, it has about 150 hospitals, medical centers, 151. So the average hospital in the United States spends about a million dollars on marketing. So if the VA was like, you know, the, if the, the system was like the uh, rest of the American healthcare system, and that's an average, right? So a lot of hospitals spend way more. I mean, um, I believe one of the Harvard teaching hospitals a number of years ago spent a million dollars on an ad at the Red Sox game. That was like one ad they spent a million dollars on. Okay. So if the VA were spending the money that the American healthcare system, 6,000 hospitals spend, let's just say conservatively a million bucks, their advertising budget, their marketing budget, their PR budget would be 151 million. Wow. And it's like zero practically. So, and, and, and the, what is almost worse is that um, VA central office will often quash stories that local PR people want to pitch to national media because, um, I don't know, they don't like the outlet, they don't trust them, they don't this, they don't that. There's very little national media outreach being done. I've been working on the VA. They know I'm working on it in central office. I've never received, I've, I think once I received like a release or an, or a, an alert on something good that was happening. Everything is something I stumble over through people I talk to. And so they're really, and, and um, for example, David Shulkin, before he was unceremoniously fired by Trump, wrote a uh, edited a book called Best Care Everywhere, which was almost suppressed. And, and when I, by, by the government, Trump's government, and um, you couldn't get it on the government printing office. It was out of print, which as we know, you know, never, I mean, we now have print on demand, so that's ridiculous. Nothing's out of print. And um, when I called VA central office to ask about the book that the secretary of the VA edited, the PR person said, he edited a book. What was that called? Best Care Ever? Wow. He didn't even know about the book that the secretary of the VA, former undersecretary for health, had, had written, edited rather. That is, that's insane. Uh, it's, so it's like, a, it's just a PR nightmare where there's an active smear campaign going on. You mentioned a couple of groups like the Concerned Veterans for America, these corporate sponsored veterans groups that are, you know, deliberately feeding disinformation into the public sphere. Um, and it was also interesting you mentioned that other group that's a big, I, I love Rachel Maddow, but I was uh, distressed to hear that there's another group that's on the, on the uh, other side of the aisle. Um, where was that? The uh, IAVA, the uh, Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America doing similar things, um, just, just spreading disinformation. And then the PR, uh, section of VA is just hamstrung and Congress attacks it for, they're just trying to keep low, like let's stay out of the picture because we don't, it's like whack-a-mole, they just don't want to get involved. IAVA is a complicated group and um, I wouldn't say they're on the other uh, side of the aisle, but they often, I think, 
exaggerate and do not make nuanced arguments about problems in the Veterans Health Administration. Maybe Jasper has some other things to say about that issue. Well, I was just, yeah, I mean, um, going back to this 2014 VA Phoenix scandal, um, this was a perfect example of, you know, sort of pro-privatization, co-fact forces, really concocting um, a perfect sort of storm of media and releasing it at the perfect time, having, you know, people ready to go on to television and talk about it, close coordination with Republicans in the House about messaging on this. So they really are incredibly savvy and talented in sort of delivering this message out to the public and swaying hearts and minds. Um, and, you know, since 2014, their power has only grown and the Trump administration has brought in multiple former uh, people from Concerned Veterans for America and, you know, many of their sort of uh, most uh, extreme proposals uh, from a few years ago are now being seriously considered in Congress. So they've been incredibly effective at getting out their version of events uh, in regards to the VA and, and then pushing policies to sort of, you know, fulfill their wishes. And the other thing is journalists don't seem to be looking for balanced stories. Like we have heard from people at the Disabled American Veterans, for example, who have said that journalists will call up and ask for bad stories. You know, tell me a bad story about the VA. And they'd say, we don't have any bad stories. You know, we want to tell you about a lot of the ways that our members uh, are served by the VA and, and they essentially hang up on them. Um, and I think what happens in the media, and I think this is something journalists should be very cognizant of, um, is that there's this kind of uh, vicious cycle uh, where a bad story comes out about some place in the VA, a nursing home, a wait time in some tiny rural hospital. And then editors go to the journalist in a state and they say, find us a, an example of this horror show in Oklahoma or Nebraska or wherever. Not find out about, that's a very different question than find out about what's going on in VA nursing homes in Oklahoma or Nebraska, mm -hmm. right? Because maybe there's good things going on. So if you get on this negativity bandwagon, it, you know, you can have one story about some tiny hospital somewhere. And then if they're, if editors all over the country are trying to chase that, trying to replicate that negativity, you're never going to find out anything good. You're never going to have balanced coverage. We're not saying that people should stop reporting on problems, but the, the contradiction between the reporting and the scientific data is stunning, and by the way, they they rarely report on the scientific data. Yeah, you mentioned that that Rand report that just um, completely dispels all this disinformation that that points to a very uh, points a very or paints a very positive picture of the VA that we never hear. And and as you're saying, both of you, that it's really making an impact. One of the most I don't know if chilling is the right word, um, but kind of gut wrenching piece uh, of the article that you guys wrote was that veterans themselves have internalized this negativity. So when they go in and get health care, they say, oh, my experience was good, but I see all these reports in the media. It's got to be hellish everywhere else. So they've internalized this propaganda. Um, 
I guess the question is, you know, we have all these factors. We have active um, corporate interests that are pushing um, and organizing. They have all they have the money to organize things, as you were saying, Jasper. Like they line up people that can just uh, right there for you. We, we have my camera for you, and they get the story out. And then you have a somewhat dysfunctional PR uh, wing of the VA that's kind of uh, risk averse and trying to hide. What can you? What type of re, what type of resources? can journalists go to to make their story more balanced? Like, what would you recommend? I mean, one thing I would recommend is talk to you guys. <laughs> That's the first thing. But secondly, if, if you're an investigative journalist and you're doing a story, like, who should you talk to? Who, who can you go to to get the story straight? Um, are you hearing us? Yes. We're having trouble here. Okay. Um, well, I think that Local VA media, you can talk to them. You can try to develop, I mean, journalists develop sources. They develop people they can go to who they can talk to. They can talk to veterans. They can look up the studies, you know. They can also um, do, do their due diligence, which they're not doing, about finding out whether these uh, problems exist in the private sector. I mean, USA Today and the Boston Globe just did a story on VA nursing homes, Veterans Health Administration nursing homes. They used very dubious data to draw their conclusions. And um, they, they, they had sources quoted in the story who the take home message was essentially, they had family members of veterans and the take home message was don't go to a VA nursing home. Well, um, you know, the assumption is that private sector nursing homes are better. Private sector nursing homes are a disaster and they wouldn't take the kind of complex patients um, that, that um, the VA takes. Well, you as a journalist have an obligation to try to find out about the places that you're referring veterans to and they're not doing that. You have an obligation to know something about nursing home quality metrics before you use dubious metrics. So I think that it's important for journalists to go to veterans uh, and try to get a balanced picture, try to learn, go to specialists and experts in, uh, in the area that they're reporting on, and go to people that may not, you know, confirm their biases. You have to get alternate, alternate views. I mean, Jasper and I both know that it's extremely tempting to, you know, you get an idea for a story and you, it's like, wow, what a great story. We're gonna blow apart X, right? And then you like have to find out if it's true. And if it's, you know, kind of sort of true, but now I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would also say that journalists should be more aggressive in questioning the care being provided in the private sector. I mean, it is much harder to report on private sector healthcare. Nine out of 10 settle malpractice settlements include non-disclosure agreements. It's really difficult to crack into this world. And so, you know, if you're, you know, and I would say there are a lot of great reporters that have managed to do that despite the hurdles. But, um, you know, I think there needs to be a sort of more aggressive stance taken towards private hospitals and that when, you know, information is not provided, these companies should be shamed for that. And, and there should be a real push 
um, on Congress and those in power to bring the same sort of sunlight to the private sector that currently exists at the VA. And I think also the media and Congress participate in this very sort of bashing narrative that when it comes to healthcare systems, and it's true sometimes in the private sector too in their reporting, is very unhelpful in, in making innovations and corrections. But the interesting thing is, for example, and again, the New York Times is a really good example of this. The New York Times reported on a terrible patient safety problem that happened at New York University Langoni Medical Center, um, where a kid, a, a teenage kid, was essentially killed because of a serious medical error. Um, they did their due diligence. They reported on the Rory Stanton story. But then a couple years later, they reported on what NYU was doing to correct the problem. It splashed all over the New York Times. There's been nothing, you know, in the New York Times um, as a follow-up on Dave Phillips' often inaccurate story about veteran suicide and what the VA is doing about that. So they also should do follow-up stories, you know, because the VA actually does something about these safety problems, unlike often private sector hospitals. Are there any groups I mean, that are actively pushing this more positive element? We had talked about the, the interest groups that, that potentially are tied to corporate interests, but are there veterans groups? You mentioned the RAND study on the scientific end, but are there veterans groups that are, that are pushing a more positive narrative that, that reporters can tap into? Well, the Veterans Healthcare Policy Institute, which Asper and I are connected to, is doing some really interesting stuff. Um, I mean, the pathway home uh, where they just had the terrible killings of the women uh, by a, an irate veteran is doing work to support the Martinez VA's um, mental health program, and they're very vocal about this. So there are uh, examples, but I think that what's sad to us is that on the national scale, they're just... The, there just seems to be very little interest uh, in how the VA can serve as a model because its successes are so stunning, how it can serve as a model to remedy problems in the American healthcare system. And we know the American healthcare system is broken, but it's like these national newspapers don't seem to connect the dots. You know, the, they don't connect the dots uh, between stories that health reporters are reporting in their pages and stories that political or military reporters are doing with the VA. And, and that's a simple thing to remedy. Uh, if you're covering healthcare and the Veterans Health Administration is a healthcare system, you ought to know something about healthcare. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the, the, the healthcare debate in this country has been, when, when it was around for the Obamacare debate was just dismal. I mean, it, was, it wasn't even a debate. Sad. Um, but, uh, but you guys are, 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 to use a more uh, war metaphor, you are on the front lines of delivering this information. Uh, the article in the Washington Monthly and Suzanne, your upcoming book, Wounds of War, How the VA Delivers Health, Healing, and Hope to the Nation's Veterans, that's going to bring more information uh, to the public, your, your, your work on your blog, all your activism on this, on this uh, story. Um, 
it can only help. Also, in Battle for Veterans Healthcare had a lot of stuff about the distorted coverage too. And Jasper and I are doing the larger report um, for the Veterans Healthcare Policy Institute that looks at, that, that gives even more attention and nuance to this issue of um, the media and the VA. Well, that's great. That's great. Well, thank you so much, guys. Any, any other last thoughts on this? One of the ironies is that, you know, papers like the New York Times or the Washington Post look at the influence the Koch brothers have on the narrative with some skepticism, but they're participating in this negative narrative and this negative depiction of the VA, this unbalanced depiction of the VA. That's really kind of ironic. It's an interesting irony and contradiction. I mean, the fact that Fox News does this is not surprising, or the Washington Times, or even USA Today, but the fact that some of these other outlets do it, um, and that it becomes the conventional wisdom is, is quite sad, you know? It is. So I think that if you want, if you want another message to journalism, it says, journalists, it's kind of like, make sure you got the facts right here before you start you know, it becomes like um, big labor, right? And uh, big government, you know, they, the, the right establishes these memes, if you will, these mantras, and then the liberal media often uh, echoes those mantras. And that, that, there should be a little bit of thought about that. All right, thank, thank you. you. Thank care. you. All right, take care. That was Suzanne Gordon and Jasper Craven. As a loyal podcast listener, we would like to offer you a special 30% discount to purchase any of Suzanne's books. Visit our website at cornellpress.cornell.edu and enter the promotion code 09POD at the checkout. Thank you for listening to 1869, the Cornell University Press Podcast. Mm-hmm.